All right, guys, so if you're a high school student, what you need to do is tonight at 6.30 over in our student building right there, uh, you need to bring anything with a pulse tonight at 6.30 to high school. Now, middle school is still meeting at 5.30, so there's still middle school at 5.30, and in fact, middle schoolers, next week is your week. So middle school, you want to bring all of your friends next week at 5.30, but tonight, high school, bring a friend. 6.30 is going to be an awesome, awesome time. You don't want to miss it. Hey, I'm going to pray for us, and uh, man, we're just going to dive right in. All right, let's, just, let's, uh, let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you so much for, God, what we've already experienced this morning, God. It's already just been good to be in your presence, God, as we are just reminded, God, of how you can step into somebody's life and radically change it. I got just people who were going one direction a couple of weeks ago, meet you, and now find themselves going in a different direction. And the only explanation is that they have met Jesus. And Jesus, that is what you do. And Father, I pray that you would do it right here in our lives. I pray that, God, you would do it again in the life of every single follower of Jesus. I pray that you would do it for the first time in the heart of every single person here today that doesn't know you and for some reason or another has found themselves in this, they find themselves here today. God, I pray that you would, that you would, So move in this place and in our hearts, God, that as a result, we would find ourselves going in a different direction. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I remember the the first time I was ever in a car with a GPS system. I don't know, if, I don't know if anybody remember that? The first time you were ever around a GPS, all right? Now, now some of you are looking at me really weird, and the reason for that is now we carry that around in our pockets, right? I mean, it's on our phones, and so at all times, we have turn-by-turn navigation for, you know, wherever we're gonna drive, wherever we're gonna walk. But I, I remember the first time I was in a car with this stuff. I remember the first time I was in a city, didn't know where I was, first time I was in this city, but I knew exactly where I was, and the next step that I needed to take. I mean, somehow they had taken this really sweet lady and shoved her into this device, and she was telling me every single thing that I needed to do. Turn right. And then when you didn't do it, she didn't judge you. She didn't yell at you or condemn you. She didn't get angry at you. She just simply said, recalculating. It's okay. Don't worry about it. We'll get it next time right? She was so sweet. Just, just, I, I didn't even know where I was, but she would tell me what I needed to do before I was even at the turn. And so, so I always knew, one, where I was, and I always knew what I needed to do next. I was thinking about that. Wouldn't it be great if we had something like that with God? Wouldn't it be great if we had some kind of turn-by-turn navigation that God gave us so that we would know exactly the next thing that God wants us to do in the exact moment that God wants us to do it? Wouldn't that be amazing if, if God gave us something like that? Ask that person out. They don't think you're a loser. You should read this in the Bible today. It'll really speak to you. Oh, you should get that job. You should apply for it. You should quit your job. Wouldn't it be great if God just gave us something like that? And see, the spiritual people are sitting there thinking, well, Mark, hasn't he already? I mean, Mark, we've got, we've got the Bible, and Mark, we've got the Holy Spirit. I mean, hasn't God already done that? And listen, we have the Holy Spirit, uh, those of us who are followers of Christ, and yeah, God's given us the Bible, but the Holy Spirit in your life is not turn-by-turn navigation, right? Uh, the Bible doesn't tell you 
who to marry. The Bible doesn't tell you what job to take. Wouldn't it be great if God just gave you something where he could say, this is where you are. And this is where I want you to be. Let me ask you a question. It sounds really weird. Um, But where are you right now? And I don't mean here. I mean, obviously, you're here. Obviously, you're at Summit. Obviously, you're in this building. I'm talking about the part of you that we can't see. Where's your heart right now? Where are you right now when it comes to to God and the things of God? Where are you right now? And you might be sitting there and you're thinking, well, Mark, listen, uh, I I don't really really think about those kind of things much. I mean, you know, I kind of think about it when we're here. I only come because my parents or my boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, people, friends drag me here. I don't really think about that stuff much. I want to suggest to us that we should all probably think about those things more. Because Jesus actually said the saddest thing and the worst thing that can happen to us is that we gain the whole world and we lose our soul. So we know what our GPA is and we know what's in the bank. We know what uh, we've got for retirement. We know how the 401k is. Uh, we We know how everything else is in our lives. We have no idea how our soul is. And see, here's the thing that we all need to understand. We are all somewhere with God today. All of us, every single one of us right now, we are all somewhere with God. Whether you are a Christian or you're not a Christian, you believe in God, you don't believe in God, all of us are somewhere with God today. And here's one of the things that I really love about our church. I love that everybody in our church, I love that our church is filled with people who are at all kinds of different places on the spiritual spectrum. I love that there are people in this church who who are not Christians yet, but you're asking questions. I mean, just this week, I was talking to somebody in our church about science and the Bible and, and can you trust it and the resurrection and, and these kind of things. I love that there are people in our church and you're here every week and, and you haven't crossed the line of faith yet, but you're checking it out and, and, you're, and you're asking questions and you're, and you're trying to see, hey man, should I cross that line? And then, and then there are other people, you just crossed that line. I mean, last week alone on Easter Sunday, we saw at least seven people that we know of who gave their lives to Jesus last week for the very first time. That's an awesome thing. And then then today, we've seen seven people uh, get baptized, six in this service, one in the first service. And baptism, those people are saying, God, you've changed my life. I want to take another step to, to, to having a deeper relationship with you. And then there's other people, some of you here, and you're thinking about how you can make a bigger impact for God at your school. How you can make a bigger impact for God, your family, your neighborhood, and this community and world that we live in. And so people are at all kinds of different places. Here's the thing we need to see today. All of us are somewhere with God, and wherever you are, God wants you to go to the next step. All of us are somewhere with God, and God wants you and me to go to the next level, to go to the next stage. See, what we're talking about today, you can call it spiritual growth. And this idea that God doesn't want us to settle in for where we are. God wants us to move forward. God wants us to go to the next level, to the next stage. That is all over the Bible. In fact, let me show you a couple of places here. I'll just put them up on the screen here for you. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow. So, so don't stay where you are. Let's grow. Let's keep moving forward. I'll give you another one in 2 Corinthians, uh, in, uh, in Colossians rather. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. Paul is talking, and Paul says that his goal is to present everyone mature in 
Christ. So God doesn't want us to stay where we are. God wants us to grow up. God wants our faith to get deeper. God wants our faith to get stronger. God wants us to reach out and to love more people. God wants us to move from where we are and to mature in our faith. And so today, I want us to, we're not in a series today. Next week, we're going to jump back in our series uh, through the book of James. If you've been coming to our church for a while, we started going through James in February. We're going to finish it out in the next couple of weeks. We've got three sermons to go in that. But today is just kind of a one-shot deal. I want to talk to us today about this idea of spiritual growth. Because here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to challenge all of us in just a few moments. I'm going to challenge all of us to take a step towards growth. Because listen, when you and I take a step towards spiritual growth, what we really do is we're taking a step towards God. So I want us to see three things today about spiritual growth. Here's the first thing we need to see is that spiritual growth is a journey. Spiritual growth is a journey. Now, if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open up your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. So if you've got a Bible on your phone, you can turn that on. Or if, uh, if you don't have a Bible at all, there's one probably under a chair near you. You can just take that. That's our gift to you. But we're going to put those words on the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says this. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. Watch this next phrase. From one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Spirit, who is the Lord. Now, honestly, this verse makes absolutely no sense unless you know the context that's around this verse. So we gotta do some work and just explain what in the world is Paul talking about. Here's what he's talking about. Um, Moses, he's talking about Moses in 2 Corinthians chapter three. Moses on Mount Sinai with God getting the Ten Commandments. If you've ever seen the Charlton Heston movie, The Ten Commandments, or the cartoon, Prince of Egypt, I've seen that, it's amazing, you should watch it, all right? If you've ever seen that, Moses on Mount Sinai with God, 40 days, 40 nights, getting the Ten Commandments. When Moses comes down from Mount Sinai, the Bible says his, his face was glowing. Not glowing as in like, oh, your skin is so beautiful, it's glowing. Um, Moses, what are you doing? Um, his face, light was literally coming out of Moses' face. Like, like he had been in the presence of God. And apparently one of the byproducts of being in the presence of God for Moses is light is coming from his face. How would you react if you saw that happening? I know how you would react. You would freak out. And that's what Israel did. They freaked out when light was coming out of Moses' face. So they actually hid Moses' face with a veil. They hid Moses' face with a veil so you wouldn't look at it. And the reason for that and what it said to everyone is here is someone who has been in the presence of God. But here's the problem. Moses' face was like that when he just came down from the mountain. But the longer that Moses was away from God's presence on Mount Sinai, that glory, that light started to fade away. And what this verse is telling you and me is that we, you and I, we have something better than what Moses had. And yeah, Moses was on Mount Sinai in the presence of God, but Moses had to leave. You and I, if we're followers of Jesus, we've got something better than what Moses had because if you're a follower of Christ, living in you today is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit doesn't fade, he doesn't wear out, and the Holy Spirit's job in your life is to make you more like Jesus. Now that sounds real spiritual, but what in the world does it mean? What does it mean that God wants to transform us to be more like Jesus? It doesn't mean that God wants to take all of us who are Christians and make us look 
like Jesus. That's not what it means at all. Here's what it means. It means that the Holy Spirit wants to transform us so that the character of Jesus becomes more of a reality in our lives. So that we love Jesus, love God the way that Jesus uh, loves God. That we love people and serve people the way that Jesus does. And more and more over time, the Holy Spirit makes us into the image of Jesus. Theologically, here's a big word you can use with your friends. They'll think you're smart, but we all know the truth. The word is sanctification. Let's all say that together. Let's all just say it right now. Sanctification. All right, some of you just got hurt. We can help you after the service today, all right? Sanctification. Sanctification is the, here's what that means. It's the process of becoming more like Jesus. Key word in there is process. Key word in there is process process. I love what it says here in this verse. It says that God is changing us from one degree of glory to another. Uh, There's a a translation of the Bible called the message. Here's what the message says of this verse. It says, we are transfigured much like the Messiah. Watch, Watch this. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. So our lives are gradually being changed. Our lives are in the process of becoming changed. Listen, every Christian is someone who is in process. You're not there. You're not where you used to be. You are in process. See, spiritual growth is not an event, it's a journey. Spiritual growth doesn't happen overnight. In fact, it takes an entire lifetime. Spiritual growth is not a sprint. Spiritual growth is a marathon. See, that's really good news for those of you who are here and you're thinking, man, I would love to be a Christian, but I don't, I'm afraid I don't have my life together like these other people. And you're looking around at some people here and you're looking around at some of these people and say, man, I can never be a follower of Jesus. I can never be a follower of Jesus like them because they have their life all together. And the good news for all of us is that ain't a one of us in the room got our lives together. Right? Amen? Right? I and mean, none of us have our lives together. None of us. Now, 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 if you're a follower of Jesus, hang with me. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are in process and God is changing your life. You're not there, but you're not where you used to be. See, spiritual growth is a journey. In fact, when you think about spiritual growth, you can actually think about spiritual growth in stages. I'll show it to you here this morning, just so we can understand this idea of spiritual growth. And here's what I want us to see. I want us to go through this for just a few minutes and to ask ourselves, where am I on this? Because every one of us, we are on this because we're all somewhere with God. So we all start over here and we all begin our lives spiritually dead, spiritually dead. Ephesians chapter two, verse one says that we're dead in our trespasses and sins. Because of sin, we're separated from God. We are dead in sin. Now that's not good news, that's actually horrible news. But the good news is that Jesus is alive and Jesus can bring us out of our spiritual darkness and Jesus can bring us to life and we can be what the Bible calls born again. And listen, if you've never given your life to Jesus, that is the most important decision you have to make. That is the decision that you have to make. In fact, that's why I believe that God brought you here today so that you can hear today that God loves you no matter who you are or where you've been or what you've done. And there is grace and mercy in Jesus for you. It's available, and if you will receive it, you will leave changed today. You can leave alive today, man. But if we stay there, if we reject Jesus and we stay there, then we are lost for all of eternity. But if we say yes to Jesus and we give our lives to Jesus, then we become spiritual infants or spiritual babies. 
We become spiritual babies. And when we're spiritual babies, when we just meet Jesus, I mean, it's literally just like a brand newborn baby. What did brand newborn babies do when they first come out and into the world? Ah! That's what they do, right? They're freaking out, right? This is all new. This is not what I know. This is weird. It's weird. What's happening, right? That's what it's like to be a Christian. When you first get saved, that's exactly what it's like. This is all new. All these people are calling each other brother and sister. I don't know if they really are. They're telling me to read the Bible, and I am, and none of this stuff makes sense. I mean, they tell me to pray, and I close my eyes, and I wake up three hours later. This is weird. What in the world is happening? None of this makes sense to me. Ah! That's what it's like to just get saved, right? This was like for me when I got saved. Listen, when I gave my life to Jesus at age 18, I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know Jesus at all. You know those little fish emblems that people put on the back of their car? You know, those are called Ichthus. I, no, I had no idea what those were when I gave my life to Jesus. I just thought it was the logo for a really successful automobile company. I was like, who is that car dealer? Because he's got cars everywhere. He's got a fish logo. It's amazing. Turns out it's God. I, didn't, I really didn't know that. I really had no clue. I had no clue. It's all new. Now, here's the thing that you and I need to know. You need to know that you can get saved, and that's where we all start. A lot of people get saved and stay there their entire Christian lives. And they never grow and they never move forward. And here's what it sounds like. It's all about me. I want my needs met. This church better do exactly what I want, when I want, the way that I want. It's all about me. So we all start here and some of us may still be here because we've never moved forward, but God wants us to move forward and grow. And the next stage, we're spiritual kids, spiritual children. The main difference between a spiritual baby and a spiritual kid, spiritual child or spiritual kid is that kids are learning how to feed themselves. So as I'm, as I'm growing in my faith, a spiritual child or a spiritual kid, all of a sudden they're taking responsibility for some of their spiritual growth. They're reading the Bible on their own. They're growing on their own. They're trying to figure this prayer thing out on their own. They're tapping their foot in the water of generosity and checking out giving on their own. So the main difference here is that all of a sudden kids are taking responsibility and some ownership for their spiritual growth. Now here's what you shouldn't be thinking. We should not be thinking as we move along, as we grow, the thing that helps us grow is just more Bible knowledge. Because haven't we all known people who know the Bible backwards and forwards, but they're mean as a snake, right? Don't look at them, they'll bite your head off. Because they're mean, right? Knowing the Bible might help you on jeopardy, but it doesn't mean that you're becoming more like Jesus. It doesn't, it doesn't, right? Right? You're laughing because I'm right. That's right. right. So don't think that the thing that helps me grow is simply more Bible knowledge. Now listen, I'm a Bible guy. I think we all ought to know theology. I think we all ought to know exactly what God has said. But can I tell you, what happens, the thing that starts to happen as I move from being a child to a spiritual adult, hang with me, is God is changing my heart at a level that I didn't know that God could do. Say, Mark, what do you mean? When I get to this young adult stage, kingdom focused, all of a sudden, I am forgiving my enemies. I'm praying for my enemies. I'm repenting of indwelling sin that might have been in my life for generations. But I am asking God to do an extreme makeover in my, I'm, I'm asking God to get his hands in the areas of my life that I've never asked God to get his hands on before when I'm at this stage. Another thing that happens at this stage 
is I put other people before myself. So I begin to serve people to a degree in Jesus' name that maybe I never have before. I don't look for anything in return. The only reason that I want to love and serve and do this is in Jesus' name. That's what Jesus has done for me. And then eventually we move on, Lord willing, to spiritual parent. And what a parent is, it's a disciple who's making other disciples. Man, I want to see my coworkers get saved. And I want to help my coworkers grow in their faith. And I want to help my coworkers get to church. And I'm going to help them learn how to pray. And I'm going to help them learn what it means to be generous. And I'm going to get them serving with me. And all of a sudden, not only is it just me following Jesus, I'm helping other people follow Jesus. Question, where are you on that? Because we're all somewhere. Where are you on that? Now, because of sin in our lives, we don't just automatically go from one stage to another in this perfect linear direction and stay there. See, spiritual growth does not look like this. It doesn't look like meeting Jesus, and then all of a sudden, boom, everything gets in order, and then the next thing I know, I'm in heaven worshiping him. That's not what spiritual growth looks like. This is exactly what spiritual growth looks like right here. That's what it looks like to follow Jesus right there. Okay, ups and downs and twists and turns and one minute I love God and the next minute I hate my life, right? right? I mean, have you ever read Psalms? When you read the book of Psalms, David sounds like he's schizophrenic. Jesus, you're amazing. God, I love you. God, I thank you for all the blessings in my life. God, kill me. I hate it. God, are you even real? I don't know if God's there. And when you read that, you think, that sounds just like me. If I'm honest, if, if I'm honest, that sounds just like me. See, spiritual growth looks like that, but here's what I need you to know. I need you to see this. I need you to see that there's a beginning, and praise God, there's an end. And the reason there's an end is because Jesus Christ is faithful to finish what he starts in your life. And with all the bumps and the bruises and the, and the wrong turns that we make, God gets us to himself. Praise his name. Amen? God finishes what he starts in us, man. But spiritual growth is a journey. Spiritual growth is a journey. But here's what you gotta know. Spiritual growth is a journey, but it's also intentional. Spiritual growth is intentional. It's intentional. How many of you, 2018 was the year you were gonna get in shape? Raise your hand. Anybody? 2018 was gonna be the year you were getting ripped, right? Like you stopped shopping in the adult section and started shopping in the junior section just so your shirt would get real tight, walk into a room, what's up, right? Right, this was the year you were getting ripped. You stocked up on baby oil and rubbing it all over. And then and all of a sudden, you saw a Twinkie and the train derailed. Right? Listen, if, they, listen, if you want to get in shape, you got to be what? Intentional. Got to be intentional. It doesn't happen on accident. You've got to go to the gym. I mean, get in the car and turn it on and drive there. And you're probably going to have to change the way you eat. You've got to be intentional about it. Listen to me. Nobody accidentally grows spiritually. Nobody does. Nobody accidentally becomes like Jesus. It, it happens intentionally. I love these verse, I love the, uh, this set of verses here. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 says, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value. Godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So in other words, go to the gym, eat right. Listen, take care of yourself. I mean, take, you get one body, take care of it. But here's what all of us have to know. We all have two things working against us, time and gravity. Time, we all die, and gravity, it doesn't matter how much plastic surgery, Botox, and duct tape, duct tape you get, it all sags. It's going to sag. It's going to happen, right? 
But do you see that Paul says there is a kind of spirit, there is a kind of growth and training that, that will never fade. What is it? Spiritual growth. Spiritual growth, time can't touch and gravity can't touch. In fact, it lasts for all of eternity. So take care of this body, but don't, lose, don't gain the world and lose your soul. Grow spiritually. Now, you and I, here's the thing. We're intentional about the things that we care about, are we not? The reason we do what we do for our kids and spouses and families and friends, why? We care about those people. I have people tell me all the time, Mark, I can't grow spiritually. I don't really read the Bible. I can't get disciplined to come to church, read the Bible, do all these things. And those same people haven't missed a Kentucky basketball game in 17 years. Now, listen to me. I'm not, now, there's nothing wrong with Kentucky basketball. Why have you never missed it? It's simple. You love it. You care about it. And we're intentional, what? About the things we care about. Isn't that true? It's true in every area of life. It's also true spiritually. Let me ask you a question. Are you committed to spiritual growth? Are you committed to it? We don't like the word commitment. It doesn't really sound spiritual and exciting, but can I tell you that one of the things that we all need in our spiritual toolbox is commitment to spiritual growth. See, here's where we get it wrong. We think that if I don't feel something, it's not genuine, and therefore, I can't do it. So here's what happens. We let our feelings be in the driver's seat of our faith. Now, make no mistake, God cares about your feelings. God wants our feelings. God wants us to experience him and feel something, but we are wrong when I think, if I don't feel something, therefore, I can't worship, pray, do anything. Listen, can I tell you the way it ought to be? Worship, and then your feelings will follow. Worship, and then the feelings will follow. Pray, and then, we'll, then the feelings will follow. Get committed to spiritual growth, and then watch what happens to your feelings and your experience with God. Are you committed to spiritual growth? See, spiritual growth is a journey. It doesn't happen overnight, and it's intentional. we got to be committed to it. I am going to become more like Jesus. I'm going to follow him and I'm going to grow. And then the last thing we got to see, and we're done. Last thing we got to see about spiritual growth is spiritual growth is possible. Spiritual growth is possible. In other words, you can grow. We're not talking about something that's reserved for spiritual superheroes or people who have it all together. You can grow spiritually. You can move the, move the ball forward. You can grow spiritually. Mark, how can I grow? Here's how. One step at a time. The whole thing, the whole sermon is wrapped up in this sentence. Spiritual growth is a lifelong journey that happens one step at a time. And I want to challenge our whole church, not later, not next week, right now, to take a step towards growth. Because when you take a step towards growth, you take a step towards God. So what is your next step? If you have never given your life to Jesus, you need to take that very first step of surrendering to him. Say, Mark, Mark, I'm a mess. Mark, I've got all of these things in my life. You come to God just as you are and watch God take you to where you've never been. You come to God just as you are and watch God transform and change your heart. But you've got to come to him. Mark, how do I come to him? You come to him in prayer and say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me for my sins. Jesus, save me. And the Bible says when we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So today, 
you can be saved. Or maybe you've already done that. You've never been baptized. And people say, Mark, I'm waiting for God to tell me to get baptized. Jesus said in Matthew 28, be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So there you go. He's already told you to do it. And even after today, our church still has a perfect track record of no shark attacks or drownings in baptism. It's awesome. So you can take that step today. You can do it right now. Even if you didn't bring clothes, we'll do it right after church today if you need to do that. Maybe the step that you need to take is you need to be committed to spiritual growth. You need to get, get committed, stop flirting with it, and say, I'm going to grow spiritually. I need to make sure that I have a time in the Word of God where I'm reading God's Word every day and God is speaking to me. That's why we have things like the Summit app where you can do devotions every day. That's why we offer things like Right Now Media where you can uh, get all kinds of Bible studies on your phone. Right now, today, we're launching signups for groups that are starting the week of April 15th. We've got all kinds of life groups and different groups that are going to meet. There's a fitness group and a craft group and a quilting group group, and there's groups that are going to meet online. So if you don't like anybody in this church, you don't even have to get around them. You can meet online, right? I'm trying to get you, man, right? Trying to help you out. Listen, also in two weeks, we're going to start a midweek service on Wednesday nights at 630 right here, and the purpose and goal of that is to help us grow at, grow closer to Jesus. And so what if you took a step today towards growth? Maybe the step you need to take is just renew that commitment to spiritual growth. But here's what I know. I know that every one of us today are somewhere with God. We're all somewhere with God. And God wants us to go from where we are to the next step. And so if we take a step towards growth, we'll take a step towards God. Would you pray with me? Jesus, right now, right now we just want to stop and say, what do we need to do? God, what do you want us to do? God, not what do you want other people to do? God, I want other people to do this. I think that the person next to me should do this. I'm not talking to them. What do you want me to do? What do I need to do? What's my next step today? God, if there's somebody in this room today that needs to be saved, show them that they need to do that. If there's somebody here that needs to be baptized, show them that's their step. If there's a family here today and they've been saying, hey, I, I wish our family could grow spiritually, how can we do that? God, show them they need to get committed to at least being in church. There's a high school, middle school student. Hey, God, how can I grow spiritually? What do I need to do? God, show them they need to get involved in students. They need to come to students tonight. There's somebody, and they don't feel like they're moving forward spiritually. They actually feel like they're moving backwards. God, show them that you are a God who gives more grace. And their step might just be simply asking for forgiveness. Or God, maybe we do need to forgive an enemy. God, maybe, maybe there's some issue, something in our life that we just got to be honest about today. I don't know what it is, but God, we're all somewhere with you. And a step towards growth is a step towards you. So with every head bowed, with every eye closed, 
you're not talking to me today. This has nothing to do with me. This is between you and God. But if you're here today and you'd say, Mark, I know, I know I've got a next step. God wants me to take a next step, and I want to take that next step. Just raise your hand right now if that's you. I got a step I need to take, Mark. Pray for me. Raise your hand right now. Raise it up real high. There's a hand right there. Hands are going up all over, my, all over to my right, right here in the middle, all over here to the left. I got a next step, Mark. I'm going to take it. Pray for me. Right there, hands are going up all over. All over this room, hands are going up to say, I, I've got a next step that I've got to take. God, I pray for every hand that's up. And I don't know what that next step is. I don't, I don't know what that next step is, but you do. And so, God, I pray that you would give us everything we need to take that step. Because a step towards growth is a step towards God. Father, I pray uh, that, that, God, whatever that step looks like, God, you give us the courage to take it. Now, as we just continue this time of prayer, you might be here today, and you need to take the first step. And the first step is giving your life to Jesus. Have you ever done that? Do you have a relationship with God? Has Jesus Christ brought you to life spiritually? I'm not asking you if you're a good person. I bet you are. I'm not asking you, do you believe in God? I'm sure you probably do. I'm asking you, have you ever met God? I'm asking you, have you ever given your life to him so that he is changing your life? Because listen, that's what he wants to do. God wants a relationship with you today. And that relationship is available, but you've got to take a step. And so today, if you want to give your life to Jesus for the very first time, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I invite you to pray this prayer with me today. Say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me today. I give my life to you today. Jesus, be my Savior and my Lord. Help me to live for you, starting right now. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, listen, if you just prayed that prayer, you made the most important decision of your life, and I would love to just know about it and, and pray for you today. So just like we did earlier, if you today just prayed to surrender your life to Jesus. Just ask God to save you. I want you to put your hand high up in the air right now. I'm not gonna embarrass you, but just to say, Mark, I prayed that today. I want Jesus in my life. Raise your hand right now if that's you. There's a hand right back there towards the back. Amen. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Amen. 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 Father, I thank you that when we take a step, you're on the other side of that step. And God, you're with us every single step. And so, God, I pray that we would just continue to follow you and seek you and grow. And, God, all of us, no matter where we are, we will continue to take a step towards you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Church, would you praise God for today, man? Would you give God glory for today? That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Man, to see people raise their hand and say, Jesus, I give my life to you for the very first time, that's an amazing Thing. Now, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do, all right? I know when we get to this time every week, people start putting the luggage together and saying, all right, let's go. Let's go. The plane's leaving. Let's go. All right? Hang on. Everybody grab that red card that's in front of you, either on your seat or the seat in front of you. It's in the pocket. Go ahead and grab the connection card there in front of you. Go ahead and grab it. Go ahead and grab it. Take it and flip it over. On the back of that card, we give you an opportunity to let us know what your next step is. Maybe you gave your life to Jesus today, and if so, would you check that box? Maybe you want to be baptized? Check that box. Maybe you want to serve and start using the gifts and talents that God's given you, and we would love to get you connected. Hey, I talked about groups today. If you want more info about groups or anything at all, any way we can help you, serve you, man, go to the next step area out there in the lobby. You absolutely cannot miss it. If I've never met you, I'd love to shake your hand. 
really quick. We'd love to just help to get you connected. Dana's going to come right now. Our ushers are going to get in place, and we're going to receive our offering. So go ahead. Any preparations you need to make for that? Hey, I want to say something before we give really quick. You know, Jesus said that where my heart is, there's my treasure. And what he means by that is this. If you invest in eternal things, your heart will be tuned towards eternal things. So if you're like, man, I would love to take a step towards God, and I would love for God to be more real in my life. Listen, if you take the step of generosity, the step we're talking about right now that some of us do online, some right here, but if you take that step, right, this step right here, man, it does something to your heart. It does something to your heart and tunes it to heaven. Would you pray with me? God, right now, I pray that you would tune our hearts to heaven, that you would tune our hearts to eternal things. Father, I pray that as we give today, that Jesus, you would use it to transform our hearts, that Jesus, you would use what's given here and online to transform this city and this world. Father, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thank you guys so much for giving. Go ahead, guys. You can begin to pass those around. Dana, go ahead. Hey, you guys. There's a lot of new people here today and probably a lot of people that's been coming for a while and might not know me. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Dana Hall, and I am the Next Steps coordinator here. So it is my job to try to help you take that next step. And it's going to look different for everybody else, but if you don't know what that step is, I would love to have a conversation with you and, and just talk about some things and try to see what that next step might be for you. Um, if today is your first time or your second time, be sure that you check out the welcome area because we have a free gift for you. Anybody else, I encourage you to check that out too. There's lots of materials out there that you can take home and you can use uh, Bible reading plans and things like that that's going to help you grow spiritually. And um, there's just lots of tools out there that you guys could take advantage of. Students tonight at 6.30 for high school, 5.30 for middle school. And they are going to try to pack out the student center. So if you have never done that before and you are in one of those age groups, I would encourage you to take advantage of that tonight. Our Operation Christmas Child item for this month is stuffed animals. So you can stock up on stuffed animals at the Dollar Tree or anywhere else and just drop those off in the lobby next week. That's it. You guys are dismissed.